from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. You're listening to Behind the Message. Each week we take you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. I'm Evan Irwicker, and we're here once again with Pastor Steve on kind of the tail end of a long string of messages that you've been preaching back to back. Four to back. in a row. Yeah, good for you. How I you haven't feeling preached about four in a row in a really long time. I can't remember the last time I preached four in a row. Yeah. This is what I tell people, Ben, when I preach. Uh, if I preach three times in a row, this is kind of how it goes. The first time is like, wow, that was so good. Second time is like, not bad at all. That was pretty good. Third time is like, really? Couldn't you have gotten Bo to speak or somebody? <laughs> Fourth time, I don't know what that is. That's like, really? You got to do it again? I feel like it's a little bit nicer in this context because you had a short series, yeah. you had Guardians, yeah. and then you jump into a brand new series, which we're making a big deal. It's one of yeah. the centerpieces of the entire year that we have and teach us to no, pray. That's true, ben. So that might help. Maybe uh, keep it fresh. Yeah, I guess. yeah. I have a lot of energy right now too after taking August away for study and all that. So coming back in, um, preaching four in a row wasn't too bad. And we call our big series. We do two of them a year. We call them Blue series. Can you explain kind of why we do that? Really funny about Blue though, because I was at a, a, this district conference that we did our podcast from last week, and it was uh, people. Uh, got uh, there was somebody that had the journal. It's like, why do you guys call it blue? Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. And then somebody re- came up right then and said, Oh, because the first journal was blue. <laughs> right, that, I heard that. That's yeah. it, right? So that's it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. And so, it, so to answer your question, Evan, it's uh, twice a, twice a year we want to try to get people into groups for six weeks, five to six weeks, and really dig into um, the messages, um, into the content to help each other grow um, and become more like Christ. And so, it's it's our big ideas during the years. We want everyone involved in that as many as people as possible. And, and I've noticed that our leaders are much more willing to commit to a six weeks period of leading a small group right. than to say, I'm going to do one indefinitely forever. Yeah. Every week and, and, and try to create content for that. And yeah, it's, it's just a, an easier way to get into community. And then we're finding that people stick with community. It may not be every week in a Bible study, but now they have some people's phone numbers, yeah. they are connected and that, that's a win for a church like ours. And some of them do stick for a long time. They say, Oh, this was fun. It was easier than I thought. I'm going to stick with it and yep. I'm going to keep going. Cause it is a little daunting to be like, yeah, I want to be a small group leader and am I going to retire this way or yep. what, what do yep. I do now? And the nice thing about blue is that most people kind of get together on their own. They already have relationships where they connect with each other rather than, um, cold, you know, cold call Turkey. Those are going, I, I don't know anybody here. And <laughs> yeah. Are they, do they, are they going to like me? Am I going to like them? There's not a lot of that. Like that happens in small group ministry. Yeah. And topically this series, uh, I think is a, a really good one for small group discussion on prayer. Everybody can relate to wanting to pray better or more or differently. Yep. Uh, whereas I know we, we did a blue series on like the book of Jeremiah, not as easy to find application. I mean, Bo did a wonderful job writing that and walking yeah. us through that, but the Lord's prayer, so easy for anyone it's to grab so a simple of. and fundamental to our Christian uh, walk. And, um, you know, the reality is, is people pray regardless of whether they're Christians or not Christians. They people, everybody prays. And so to, to kind of go to the source, so to speak of the person who's actually, you know, listening to our prayers right now at the right hand of the father, Jesus listening in to our prayers. What an amazing thing to hear from him about how to pray. So how much of this is actually learning exactly how to pray? Cause I think some people might interpret it, those things in different ways. You know, some people think about, well, this is kind of how I come into the throne room or how I come before the father. For some people, this is like, all right, 
what's uh, my address at the front of it? <laughs> what, what word do I use to describe? Do I say God or am I praying to Jesus? You know, how much of this is actually kind of learning how to pray from a really yeah, basic level? I don't know if it, if it gets to that basic of a level, but like last weekend we talked about our Father in heaven. So I'm praying to God as Father, not as you know, a business relationship. I use the illustration of a landlord. He's not my landlord. I'm not trying to get something out of him. I'm not trying to behave myself so that he'll listen to my prayers. I'm coming to him as my dad and I'm his, I'm his kid. There's, that's a completely different approach to prayer. Mm -hmm. And then this weekend um, was, well, how do I start? Okay. I, I approach him as father. Got it. I understand that, that metaphor. Maybe it's unhealthy in some people's situation, but most of us understand that there's a healthy way to have a father child yeah. relationship. So I got that. But then how do I start? What do I say? And I think most of us and the surveys show it, the studies show it, that we all start in petition. We all start with our problems. What mm. that's why we go to prayer. And I, and I think Jesus was trying to teach us, Oh no, no, wait, 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 wait. There's something bigger than that going on. Um, hallowed be my name, praising me. And then Evan, you're going to talk next week about his will being done on earth. So we don't even get to petition until we spend more time on him and with him and what he's about and who he is that that really is i think for me at least the most important thing about prayer and that's kind of the trick as we jump into the topic this week it's called adoration talking about really who god who jesus is which you could misinterpret the topic if you just read the title and thought, well, teach us to pray. Because on one side, you could be like, okay, well, this is how I put together the sentences. And from the other side, you know, the quote-unquote experienced Christian could go, well, I mean, I know how to pray. <laughs> um, and a lot of this really the found, at, at its foundation is teaching us exactly who God is, what his nature is, before we really move on to the other areas of even the Lord's Prayer. It's it's who God is. It's painting that picture so we understand who we're going to, and that changes how we speak. That exactly right. It changes everything about how we not only approach him, but what we can expect from him. Okay, but is is this concept of adoration and coming and making sure we're praising God, is that the appetizer to the main course, or is it the main course along with petition? Because you say petition isn't the point. Yeah, I, and I would say it's the main course, Evan, because I think I think petition, Jesus puts it in there because there's no way around it. We are going to ask for stuff for ourselves, for our family, for our world, because there's brokenness everywhere. So there's no way for us not to pray for those things. And I don't think Jesus wants us not – I think he wants us to pray for that right. stuff. But he is more interested in – uh, our relationship with him. And then all that other stuff that we will pray about has a different tone to it. It has a different emphasis than what it would have been. It, you know, one, one prayer is like desperation. I'm falling on my face. I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh, I'm, I can't do this. That's when I come without reckon, without remembering, Oh wait, Jesus has got the whole world in my world in his hands. I mean, he's already overcome this world. He, you know, you start remembering who he is and that changes how I petition. Yeah. It can be confusing, I think, though, because even how Jesus talked about it, I think it's the same passage where he says, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about, your, you know, even the lilies of the field are clothed better than Solomon and all his riches, all that. But then he also in that same passage says, but you still have to ask. Wait a second. I thought he was going to take care of it. So why do I have to ask? So it feels like a, di- a dichotomy. Is that the right yeah, word? Right. Yeah. 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 And I think we'll, we'll address a little bit of that in a couple of weeks when we do talk about petition, because like what... It, you know, so are we supposed to ask for more than bread or just bread? Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to ask for more than just clothing? Because that's the stuff he uses, right? That mm-hmm. he's, he talks about our clothes. He talks about our, our feet, our food. He talks about basic necessities. And how many of you know, in America, we have work. That's all good. 
right? I mean, right. if you have a, you know, in most places, I would say in the urban centers, that's not all good. And those, and people are praying for bread, you know? Um, but where do we go from here in terms of like our actual petition? What do we pray for? Is it, does it really matter? Cause Jesus said, I know what you ha- need before you even ask for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about petition. It is an important part of prayer, but I, I, but we can't get there until we go through these other, um, messages. And the other interesting piece of this too, is we, we're not interested in creating a more religious type of attitude either. And I think that you can do that, especially with these first couple trips, you know, well, it's funny because you talk about the father and we've even said in teaching team and everything like that. And you really talked about it last week. Uh, this was groundbreaking for them to be able to come and say they were going to call him dad. It was going to be this familial reference instead of Lord, which was what everybody said at the time. And then you could, if you wanted to, um, in my kind of shallow mind, wrap it around and turn it the other direction. You can make it more religious again with adoration. So it's, it's creates, it could potentially paint this picture of a God that says, all right, if you bow down before me first, and if you weep at my feet or you say all the right things, then I will hear yeah, your petition. That, you're absolutely right, man. And that's why I think it's so important for, for us to get that adoration is not for God. It's for me. It's not about God. Oh, okay. Now, now that I know you like me, I'm going to bless you. or I'm going to answer your prayers. God right. doesn't need us to praise him for him to act on our behalf. He is a good dad and he's going to, he really is. I mean, I'm confident of that. Even if I'm, my life's a mess and I'm not doing what I, what I think he might want me to do. Mm -hmm. He's not going to hold that over my head and say, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you bread this week because you know, he's just not a bad dad that way. But, but adoration is for me because I, I don't even know how to approach him um, in his greatness without reflecting on, man, he is so good, you know, and he's amazing. And I, and he, and I, and I need to hear myself say it. That God, you're in control of my life. God, you've got my world in your hands. Yeah. I need myself to hear me say that. He doesn't need to hear me say it. I think he might maybe because he loves, you know, he loves this relationship that we have. But yeah, I think it's more for me than for him. My five-year-old has this bad habit in the last few weeks. Whenever I show up to pick her up from someplace, her cousins or whatever, um, at the very sight of me, she starts crying and like, you can just see, you know, her countenance <laughs> drops and... And I know why, because she doesn't want to leave whatever she's doing. She's having a good time. That's great. Right. But the effect it has on me is every time I see my daughter after a break, oh. she just starts to burst into tears at the side of me. That's rough. So it is. So I've been working through with her like, okay, before you jump to conclusions about what I'm about and what we're going to do and what's going to happen next, just can you just smile and say, I'm glad to see you, Daddy. And I think of that in our approach to prayer. It's like it's every time we show up at the door of heaven, we're crying and screaming and, you know, and not. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Or that somehow God yeah. is bad news every time we go right. to go to him or that I'm bringing bad news right. every time I go yeah. to him. I mean, imagine that relationship. If your kid came to you doing what you're doing, what your child does, or they come the opposite way. And it's always about, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, <laughs> right, I want, I want. Right. And you're like, get away from me, yeah. you know? And so I think even in our prayer life with God, it, it, we need to be sensitive to the fact that, um, it's not just about what I need. In this moment, right. my connection with God is, I hope it's bigger than that. I hope that it goes beyond just the stuff in this world that brings me down and drags us down. And I hope my relationship with God is a little bit higher than that. It isn't always, but I, but I think adoration, this thing about hallowing God is so important to help keep us above the fray of this world. And that's, and God can handle that. God can handle the needy Christian, he, he can handle it. He's, he's not going to walk away. He's not going to yep. stop being dad. Right. Yep. 
But the thing is, and the thing that I'm trying to get in, installed into my heart is that it can be better than that. It can be better than just that. You know, it's not a matter of God's going to forsake me and He's going to leave me alone. And I think for, sometimes that's how we make our relationship. That's how we determine our steps or make our decisions in our relationship with God. Is well, am I completely abandoning God with this decision, or am I doing? You're not abandoning God, and God is not abandoning you in a needy relationship coming to you. But it can be better. Yeah. It can be better than that. And yeah. so why don't we lean into that a little bit more? Absolutely. It can be way better because I need, I need my mind to change about my circumstances. I really, I, I get so like, and you know, just focused in on my junk, my stuff, my issues. And I forget, Oh wait, <laughs> God's in the room too, right? Where, where did, he was here. Wasn't he here? And I'm just talking about myself the whole time. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so that's not a relationship. Yeah. This morning, one of our worship team members was talking about at just random concerts in town, and he's like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's there, but he's crying. It just made me think of that. Like, <laughs> Sometimes we think that that's how God is. You know, he's here, but man, he's upset. Man, he's... You know. Oh, no, really? Oh, that's so sad. Were they that bad of a band or I, what? I don't, I don't know. I didn't catch the whole conversation. I thought oh, that was a good man. line, though. The Holy Spirit's yeah. here, but he's crying. Yeah, we've had conversations <laughs> like that before. It is funny sometimes, the worship team member, you walk off and go backstage and go... Well, who's preaching? I'm so there's, sorry. There's always next <laughs> you got to come up after that. So we've referenced the, the Pew Research study a few times from 2014. Yeah, yeah. 70% of Americans pray at least monthly. Yeah. What, does that, what does that say about our culture when, in reference to relationship with God? Well, I think it's, it's random. It's um, based on circumstances more than anything else. Even when you look at the people who pray more often, um, that they're praying primarily for the stuff that happens in life. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, and so I think we we're, we're, we've kind of fallen into this relationship with God is kind of as needed, you know? Um, and I think that's just indicative of where we're at in our culture. And, uh, and so I think it's, it, I think that's again, why this series is pretty important for us to realize, wait, I got to get back into a relationship with God every mm -hmm. day and not in a religious, like, get up and chant your, you know, your morning prayers or something, but I like a legit relationship with God every single day. I'm having conversation with him. I'm praying, I'm singing, I'm worshiping, I'm connected. Um, it doesn't have to be a religious thing, but it, it needs to happen. I need it to happen in my own life because mm -hmm. otherwise I'm, I'm overwhelmed by this world. And I think this teaching is bringing theology back into some of the 77% of praying, which probably a lot of that is maybe just kind of, I'm throwing my prayer out there to the universe or to God <laughs> right, in this Evan. general feeling, but yeah. to bring theology into that and say, what is actually happening here? All of a sudden we bring power back into what we're praying. That's exactly right. There is something that happens, ripples in, in the heavenlies. What you, what Jesus said to his disciples, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in, uh, in heaven, whatever you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. There is so much, and that, like, we don't have time to go into all that, but that is, that's deep waters in terms of what's happening mm -hmm. when we're praying. The potential of our prayers have ripple effects through both eternity, eternal stuff, as well as earthly. Yeah. So. I do appreciate the stat because I, I think some people can hear that and go, well, you know, I think a part of that. Well, that means you get to start somewhere. You know what I mean? But also I think it comes back to the old adage and people use this when it, they talked about leadership, you know, a lot. It's, it's you, you, you understand what kind of a leader you are when things go bad and when things go wrong, or you understand what's in your heart or what your, what your soul really is saying when things go wrong. And I, I think that should shake some people a little bit to think, 
think about the times when things have gone wrong and all of a sudden they find themselves crying out to the heavens when they haven't paid attention any of the other time. You know, there's something in them. There's something in our spirit and our souls that has to cry out in the middle of those times of need. And I don't think we ha- we can just chalk it up to emotion or just this random time or this difficulty, but to say, oh my gosh, there's something inside of me that it was almost reflexive. Like I had to do yeah. that when yeah. things went wrong. A, a leader came up, uh, kind of a prophetic voice in, in my life and in our church during one of the services uh, and and sat down and said, Steve, I, th- I think God's saying that prayer is a first response. So kind of going to this whole disaster relief thing where people are, you know, first responders, they're there, they're the ones, you know, right there in the middle. And I think prayer can be that, not in a, in, in, in exchange for, you know, oh, well, I'm not yeah. going to do anything for, to help my neighbor. Oh, for sure. But there's a sense in which I, I hope and pray that this series will get us back to my first response. My first response when anything happens around me is go to prayer, not secondary, not, oh, yeah, wait, you know, right before surgery, I, we, 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 we haven't prayed. We forgot to pray, <laughs> yeah. you know, and instead it's like it's the very first thing that we think about um, because it is just a part of our life. It's not the random only when bad stuff happens. It's mm-hmm. just already we're already soaking in the presence of God. So why not? Yeah. I mean, it's just natural for us when something bad does happen. We need to pray about this. And not to overuse the metaphor, but the reason first responders are first responders is because they're ready to go when something hits. And you talked about how one hour in church isn't enough to counteract 168. Is that the right number? Yeah, it's 24 hours in a week. Yeah. Some days. I did the math. I'm really good at math. Good job. Yeah. Oh, that's in your notes. Let me yeah. find it. <laughs> but it's not enough just to come to church one hour a week and say, I think I'm good. I'm good for yeah, the week. Yeah, I did, I, did I did my spiritual part of my life. So now I can do the rest of my life. Um, you're not going to make it. You know, uh, something bad does happen. Um, you're not going to have the 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 foundation of because that one hour a week isn't going to be able to sustain you through some really dark stuff that might end up happening in our lives or in our world. And so I think that's um, yeah. I think we need to be. And I, I'm an advocate of every single day, and starting your day. You know, I probably wouldn't make it a religious thing where you like, well, you got to get up at six o'clock in the morning and spend one hour in prayer and one hour in reading a word or anything like that. But why not start our day with just that's good. Just being with Jesus and um, finding that alone. I mean, I, if I want to be alone with God, I got to get up before my kids get up, and so that's early, you know. Right. And and uh, and so that why not? Why not make that commitment? Why not say, okay, God, here I am. And it might be quiet the first, you know, month of doing that. It might just feel like, what am I supposed to say? Is there some kind of a prayer I'm supposed to pray? I mean, you know. <laughs> but but start, just start doing it, be consistent. And I actually believe there will be some amazing things come out of that. Yeah. And there's no shortage of resources to help those who maybe have tried just a straight up Bible reading plan, found it just too difficult to kind of slog through those initial moments. Um, so many resources out there, books, uh, you know, podcasts, not this one necessarily, but devotional, (laughs) uh, (laughs) devotional driven, uh, things that can really help, you know, if it's exactly as easy right. as, you know, selecting an app and hitting play, right. I mean, we can do that, right? Even if you're not some avid reader of scripture in the yeah, morning. Please don't get caught up in the slog of a reading plan. Like if that's not your thing yep, and good. you are ready yeah, to bail, find something else. Well, and Steve, you, were, <laughs> you, you talked really practically about what you've done in your home. 
uh, buying some Bluetooth yeah, speakers. Yeah, we just and- started playing worship music. So when we get up, it's the first thing I do if I think about it, but it's still not a habit. So, But if we th- when we get up, we're like, okay, um, play praise and worship, and we and they start playing. And it's just like this amazing it, – it, it really does change the atmosphere in our house um, where, you know, before we get stressed out, the kid's not getting up in time, so we're like, you know, pulling, dragging his butt out of bed and like, come on. You know, instead of that, there's just this sense of warmth and encouragement and it's and it really is not because we changed it's just that i i think the atmosphere in our home changed as a result of having worship music playing in the background of and, of life and that's what adoration does to your prayer too you started off with that and all of a sudden you feel the atmosphere change in the room that you're talking about because if i go straight to petition i can create a debateful kind of atmosphere really quick. Really? All right. Fast. All right. Here's the deal. God, this is where I'm at. This is what you've got. This is what I need from you. And I need it within this time frame. <laughs> and it can be kind of confrontational. But when you, when you stop it, it's actually a technique that a lot of counselors use when it comes to marriage counseling, when they have the couple sit down and they talk about something that they appreciated from the other one that week or that day or during that time, instead of, all right, let's sit down. What's your problem with her? And what's your problem yeah, with him? And it changes the tone of that conversation, doesn't it? When you start with affirmation, when you start with um, those kinds of words. And I think prayer is the same way. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of things in our world that we've got to get to in, in terms of prayer, um, whether it's political issues, racial tensions in our, we've got to get, we've got church. We have to pray for this stuff. We have to pray for this stuff, Yeah. but let's pray from it, from out of a context of praising God out of a context of who he is. Because once we remind ourselves of that, I guarantee you, your prayers will change one moment later just because you reminded yourself who God is and what he's capable of, then all of a sudden you're praying bigger prayers, right? You're not praying, just get me by prayers. You're praying, you know, mountain moving type prayers when you remind yourself, oh yeah, this is who my father is. My, my dad got, who's got my back. This is who he is, man. I'm going to go for the moon in my prayers. I'm not going to go for the little stuff. I'm going to go for the moon. You know, that kind of idea. That's why the next prayer, I mean, you're going to talk about is man, let your will be done. That's a big prayer. That's, that's massive. And that takes a lot of confidence to, to pray that kind of prayer. So confidence is true. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about that one. It does take a lot of confidence, a lot of faith and some humility in there too. All things I'm not huge on, um, (laughs) but unnecessary, of course. So I don't know if we have any time you guys left, but what do you think about the whole idea of breaking away from social media and the distractions to get away from uh, this, all this stuff in the world to get away with God. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Cause I, I took, I've taken a long period over a year away from social media by and large. And, uh, and I have found, um, my stress level has gone way down and I, and it's a little easier for me now to focus in on who God is. Does that make sense? And so yeah. th- any yeah. thoughts on that, you guys, cause you live in this kind of a younger yeah. world and I know it's just a huge thing for young people. And I don't want to say knock it off. Don't ever do it again. But, <laughs> but you know, I just feel like it's really distracting us from, from getting with God and being reminded of who he is because we're always thinking about, you know, what's the bad stuff happening in our world. Yeah. yeah and I would, I've been off Facebook for about a year now. Uh, it's been great. Uh, but I would add to social media news as well. Cause I'm not so much obsessed with social media as much as news. I check news obsessively every day, all day. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that's, that's the thing that if you said, you know, take a week off, it would be tough for me. Yeah. I don't know about you, Ben. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I, I'm kind of a mix of between the two. Yep. Uh, I actually follow a lot of news on Twitter. <laughs> yep. So you get a lot of the social aspect. And, and I do appreciate social media from a, a few different things is I, I get to hear a lot of different voices. And there's, you know, I grew up in a really small town in, in Oregon. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of meth and a lot of pot and a lot of, uh, and a little bit of football. <laughs> and that was what I grew up in. <laughs> and, uh, and so I do appreciate getting different perspectives, you know, from the different social media platforms and all that stuff. Um, but at the same time, I feel like I've reached a point in my life where it's kind of hit critical mass and I'm not learning so much anymore as I am just standing in the middle of chaos. Yeah. And so it does create, I've noticed when I, when I allow myself to take those times off and really a lot of my use of social media now is promotional yeah. reasons only, yeah. you know, I'm doing ministry yeah. stuff online or um, sending him sending photos to grandparents or something like that. Uh, and, and so all that to say, I think you're totally right. And I mean, if and somebody I, is interested in that, even if it's just like a fasting break once a week, you yeah. know, from it to focus and spend that time focusing on other things. Um, I just wonder if that might help us move, you know, cause we're so tied. We're so tied to this earth. And, and I would say in an unhealthy ways, yeah. um, I haven't died to myself. I haven't died to the, what I want. And what I think I need, I haven't, I still, there's still stuff hanging on. And I think the more we, you know, resist that urge to get away, break away, at least, you know, on a somewhat regular basis, yeah. I think the harder it's, it's going to be for us to focus in on God. Yeah. And I don't think you're, you're making it out to be like social media, some kind of enemy, but I do think social media very easily, and I'll just speak for myself, very easily moves from that line to, am I using it or is it using me? Yeah. And, and I notice myself, you know, just kind of going on when I'm hanging out with my kids or something like that. And it's not even just about connecting my relationship with God it's connecting my relationship with my family. It's being present as often as possible, maybe creating a few spaces where yeah. it's cool to go on and, and spend some time and check out the news and all that stuff, because yeah. I don't, you know, necessarily need to completely unplug, but man, especially when it comes to the relationship with God, it's just, can you, are you willing to, uh, and, and I don't think, again, that's something that God's looking down and going, I require this sacrifice no, from you right, right now, but it's something that <laughs> it, maybe, we can do maybe. better. Right. Yeah. And it might be, that's true, but it, it's something you can do better. You know, I think my marriage is better without social media constantly involved. I think my, I'm, I'm a better dad. And so if I can do it better, it doesn't mean, you know, I'm horrible and all this, but if I can do it better, I probably yeah, I just, do it yeah, I, I, I think Ben, for me, it's Jesus teaches, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. If you love this life, you'll lose it, all that stuff. And then, and then fast forward to his, the night of his death and betrayal. And he's praying in the garden. He asks his guys, Hey guys, can you pray with me? Yeah. Can you pray with me? I mean, this is the moment, right? And what do they do? They fall asleep. Why do they fall asleep? Because they've been so concerned about the cares and concerns that have been around, in, around them that entire week, the last week of Jesus' Jesus's life, right? They've been, they're so tired from all of that work and heavy lifting and concern that they're not even able to pray with their, with their best friend in his deepest moment of need. You know what I'm saying? I just, yeah. I, and I feel convicted about that. I'm not trying to you know, put guilt on anybody else. I just feel convicted about that, that I, that I allow this world to, to just latch on. And, and I get so anxious and angry and frustrated mm -hmm. and it affects, it affects every relationship, including the one that I have with, with Christ. And are the things that we think are doing the most good really exhausting us for when the important piece comes, mm. you know, the disciples are with Jesus, like you're saying, that's the thing. And this is the important stuff. We're walking with him through Jerusalem or do, and then in the moment when he needs them the most, just, just be with me, just pray with me. And they tap out 
Yep. You know, um, and that's us. That's us. Well, uh, to end on that note, it's a little, <laughs> a little sad. I did not, I've noticed this, Steve, uh, with our, we have a, gray. we have an intro to this series. It's a beautiful intro. I, oh uh, ben gosh. Edwards, uh, one of the photographers in our, in our city, um, put it together. Beautiful. Oh, for the series, not for the, for series. the not for behind the message for the series. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for the, the, uh, teach us to pray series and it's beautiful, but it ends on this really like almost just. Uh, meditative moment. Yeah, I want to do an altar call after every oh after every God. time so, I watch it. <laughs> so when you start, you normally you start a message. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Let's tell a joke and make everybody feel comfortable. Instead, it's like, yeah, let's just take a moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's know? so is that, good. Really, it's really good, but it's really it's really hard. Yeah. It is. I, I was thinking about it this weekend because I'm I'm actually moved by that video in a way that I want that. I mean, every service I'm I'm sitting in a service, yeah. seeing it four times a weekend, and every time I am I'm still not old for me. I'm yeah. I'm I feel this like beckoning. I feel like this yeah. drawing wow. and I just want to fall on my face yeah. and in God's presence. And, but, but it's at the beginning of my message, you know, like, <laughs> uh, so that would be awkward if I did that right yeah. now in front of the whole church, you know, but that's what I want to do because I, there is this place, there is this space yeah. that is, that's beautiful and restful and filled with peace and it can happen anywhere. Yeah. In the playground when your kids are going crazy yeah. or at work, if five minutes, just, I mean, that video is less than five minutes. I mean, if that, yeah. I mean, and Ben is amazing. Yeah. The, the guy, the teams that, the team that did this is amazing, but that we can experience that space even for five minutes during our day. If we just, you know, turn everything off, find someplace quiet and go there. Yeah. And for the people wondering why a church like Westside does what we do when it comes to creative arts, when it comes to videography, when it comes to worship and why we want the music great, it's that feeling that we all just described. And, and you're not going to get it at every single song or, or anything like that, but ultimately we're trying to do our best with the power of the Holy Spirit to create an atmosphere. It's not bells and whistles. It's not, well, we can and we have the budget for it, so let's go ahead and make something that looks cool and hip. Um, it can do that. It can, I'm telling you, the first time I watched that, I felt the same thing. I like cried. Yeah. And I was like, what yeah. is happening to me? <laughs> yeah. There's nothing even like, there's nothing it's, sad it's, happening. It's our soul longing. Yeah. It yeah. really it's is. Amazing. It is our soul longing for space yeah. with Christ. It really is. I'm, I'm convinced that whoever did this video, you know, they are like, God was using them. The Holy Spirit yeah. was on them exactly. um, to draw that out of us. Because I think every heart is yearning for that. Even those that are not, that are not Christ followers that are just investigating the claims of Jesus. I think all of us yearn for that. Yeah. And I don't think the church needs a big peppy intro to be with you, you know, especially yeah. a voice they trust yeah, already. Sure. Yep. And I've noticed that as you've kind of launched these messages more on a somber note, right. uh, people are there with you right yep. away. You know, we don't need a big hilarious yeah. story always to, yep. to kick off the message. No, that's right. And, and if and good communicators can get there in their message, they can bring in some humor and levity into some serious yeah. topics. And, and cause we don't want it to be 30 minutes of like, Oh, you know, man, that's so heavy. <laughs> like this podcast has been, <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah, sure. I, I just, We'll edit in some jokes. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> uh, anyway, uh, really good conversation, guys, today, yeah, awesome. talking about the Lord's Prayer. We're going to continue this next week with uh, myself. Maybe we'll pull in Casey or a other third voice so that Ben and I don't just shout at and each Steve other. And Steve can get a break, man. Not only have yeah. you have the weekends, but you got to hang out with us You've every with time us. Oh, you do I've it. enjoyed it, you guys. A lot it's been of so fun. Yeah. Uh, please check us out at behindthemessage.org. You can listen to all these messages and more at westsidechurch.org. 